This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back. It's Kelly and Ramia on a Thursday episode here with you. So we've got our Thursday staples lined up and ready to go. Let's start with audio entertainment and tech and bring on Michael Fair. Audio entertainment and accessible technology are increasingly important in our lives. I'm Mike Fair, here to help you make the most out of your devices. We'll share tech tips and product reviews. Plus, I'll steer you towards the best accessible games, audio dramas, and podcasts. We'll talk about it all here on Kelly and Ramya. Mike, we're very used to you featuring one audio entertainment feature uh, and doing a deep dive into this, but today we've got a whole collection. So... If you take a screenplay, which never got made into a movie, turn it into an audio drama using the screenplay direction as uh, uh, narration, and then throw in some top acting and narration talent, repeat the process seven times, then you got what we're talking about today, which is called Unmade Movies. It's a collection, and you're really excited to tell us all about it. What got you excited about the release? Well, I've always really been fascinated by the road not taken. A lot of the, the things I've bought, uh, every once in a while I'll get a keyboard and I think, oh, I like, I, what if I chose that one instead? And, and sometimes you can actually find out what the results of that other choice was like without breaking the bank. It's not like that with movies. You know, movies are very costly things to make. Mm. You can have a wonderful screenplay, and if you don't get the right actors, the right director, the right talent on, t- like, when you are trying to market it, you're sunk. Right, so there's there's so many factors that go into making these into movies, and uh, so th- this was right up my alley. And the timing, this was released in this month, earlier this month, and I can't think of a better time to invest in a collection like this of seven, basically ninety minute audio dramas. Uh, and uh, it's it's basically if you if you're snowed in, if you you know if your plans go south, you know something happens, uh, you've got a movie lined up that you could just you could just hear and there it's an evening passed pretty pleasantly for you so what a great time to have and and this this is kind of what uh instigated my whole thinking behind this block of audio entertainment that we're enjoying through the winter here was when i saw this and pre-ordered it i thought yeah this will be perfect for right now (laughs) yep well we were talking about the fact that due to the strike in Hollywood uh, with Greg David, that this year there wasn't those rolling out of these test shows and previewing them and saying, are we keeping this one thumbs up, thumbs down? Is a network going to you know, want to produce this as a series? So this is so timely that you've brought this up, that this you know comes to me because we were all saying, wouldn't it be cool to take pilots and be able just to watch what might have been, like you say, Mike, what could have been or yes. what, what you, and, and weigh in and say, you know, I like this. Why didn't you people ever do it? And there's always going to be people that feel that way. When we look at this here, how long, let's begin, are these audio dramas? That hour, hour and a half, so, you said? Yeah, we got about 90 minutes. They're usually divided into two parts. In fact, all of them are. See, you have seven full, like, feature-length dramas, 90 minutes each. And uh, so that adds to about a 10 hours, uh, 10 and a half hours, roughly, mm-hmm. of, of drama. So that is uh, it's just, wow, all for Not one bad. credit. And, uh, yeah, you've got each of these are... 
top level actors, movie music, sound effects. Uh, the, the transitions are seamless. There, there's no, and now on BBC Radio 4 or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah, bang, no. from one part smoothly into the next. You don't even hear the break between. So wow. it varies smooth transitions between the uh, the parts. So, so what is, does what it just sound steel? to you like the actual audio of what would have been the movie, just though creation of the audio? Or do you think they've been adjusted a bit, obviously, for an auditory audience? I kind of think they would have had to at least adjust or, yeah, me or too. think about how to present it. But basically, you get the narration of the the screenplay uh, directions, basically, and you have sound and music nice. basically designed to sound like a movie of that era, like mm. whatever era the, the the time the movie was going to be made in. Okay, uh, so that was really neat. Okay, so tell us about the two that open up this collection. Uh, these are from Harold Pinter. Yes, Harold Pinter, and I've never heard of this fellow before. Uh, but awesome playwright. Did, I've seen a lot of a few of a few oh, of his cool. plays. So good work. Ah, oh, there we are. Well, he he did a couple that starts his collection off. One of them is Victory. It's the first one. It's based on a Joseph Conrad novel. He's always I've always found him a little sort of off keel, kind of creepy in in his writing in in a weird way. Uh, so this one has Lena, uh, uh, basically a young musician, uh, goes to join an orchestra in a hotel, finds uh, that she's abused by the owner of the hotel. This is a, in an, an African country, so you know, far from home in England, and she has no one to turn to. This sailing uh, visitor heist uh, shows up, and a Swedish sailor basically lives a bit solitary, a bit strange, uh, offers her uh, an escape. Uh, there's an attraction between them. He says, why don't you come to me, to, uh, with me uh, to my island and live with me there? And she's like, okay. You know, Beats being abused where she was, right? So she goes with him. And uh, that's all fine and well. They start a life together. He's a bit strange, but she kind of copes. Uh, but the basically the owner of the hotel uh, is, is not too thrilled and gets these three ruffian-type characters to go after, uh, you know, to, uh, thinking that, that this guy has a bunch of money and sort of convinces them that he, he, they could rob him for this money that that it's not clear that he has at all. Uh, and, and so these ruffians are on the way to his island to, uh, to make trouble. And uh, what a, it's, it's a neatly done uh, screenplay that opens it up. Okay, excellent, excellent. This is really cool. Uh, do you want to tell us about The Dreaming Child a little bit? Yeah, this is the other Harold Pinter uh, one, and this is a tragedy. Uh, takes place in England, in kind of the city, uh, right around the time when women's suffrage was happening, and people were debating should women have the right to vote, and all the changes in life, kind of around that time that were taking place. And Jack has been raised in the slums. He's a kid. He's about seven years old, but he's taken by a rich family. He's always sort of understood that his parents lost him at a young age, just lost him. And he ends up in this kind of slum life. And now he's found by these people who, who are rich. They want an heir for the a shipping company that the, the husband has. And they basically adopt uh, him. And uh, it's a probationary period, but they never tell him he's on probation. They just kind of take him to live with him and uh, with with them rather in their rich house so all of a sudden his life completely changes and uh you know he's is basically in this house and uh you know living along uh, and and now uh basically he's 
they're testing him. They're, they're seeing, you know, what he can do, how smart he is, all this stuff, you know, seeing what, yeah, but they, they're kind of falling in love with him at the same time. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's, unfortunately things, uh, don't go quite as planned, uh, and, uh, things, uh, he's, they want to adopt him, uh, but he, he falls ill. So it's, it's, uh, it, basically this, it, through his life, a whole bunch of the lives of the surrounding characters are kind of examined. And, uh, nice. so it's a really neat kind of look at, at that time, that, that era in history. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the kind of personal impact between characters as well. Okay. Give us one more. Tell us about Hook. Hooked is uh, the hook is basically it's a 1950s era uh, movie and uh, basically it's it's uh, uh, a fellow is uh, Marty is is in uh, the uh, basically a, a, a longshoreman it explores the lives of longshoremen as as they are struggling to unionize and uh, better their lives because it's very it's a dangerous job it's the second most dangerous job and in this the the america uh, the u.s at that time and uh basically they're trying to unionize but people you know the criminals are uh trying to control things there's corruption uh and of course marty the lead character has got a hot temper he's getting him into a bit of trouble mm-hmm. you know he's a good <laughs> talker though good negotiator uh, and he's good at sort of making peace between angry people. So he wants to run and, and you know, better himself and, and be a union president. But, of course, the the shady characters have their favorite candidate and, uh, you know, trouble ensues. So it's all about kind of how we can all sort of be with enough pushing, uh, cajoled into living dishonestly is kind of the idea behind it. It's very oh, kind wow. of gives that sense of, yeah, the, the pull of money, of greed, of of temptations, you know, that's wow, that longshoreman kind of tough feel like the old Teamsters union stuff we used to hear exactly. years ago, Michael, really <laughs> interesting. Um, tell us why my, Alfred Hitchcock's the blind man, a high point in this collection for you. This is really neat. It's got Hugh Laurie as the blind man. He's a Larry oh. Keating is this, uh, the musician, blind musician, American goes on, uh, basically has his eyes, uh, donated by a dead man this this pair of eyes that will give him his sight he has to take drugs he, he kind of was scared to do this and he was pretty happy as a blind musician but you know he you knew he wanted to, to see so they get these eyes in and uh, he basically has to take drugs while they settle otherwise his body will reject him. the immune system will reject uh-huh. if you're not careful with that so while that's happening he's traveling they say where do you want to go and he goes to disney world and he sees this strange man and has a reaction, a visceral reaction. And the whole idea is that a blind man's eyes uh, of someone who has died, maybe they've seen his killer. Oh. Maybe they've seen what happened. And so this insurance detective is watching, seeing that, you know, something's going on. He thinks there's a scheme to, to get the life insurance of this the, the person whose eyes have been donated to this musician. So he is now traveling with a nurse, Jenny, and they're kind of caught up in this, what's going on? And he wants to see justice done because he feels, you know, to beholden to the fellow who's given him his sight back, you know, and learning that he's been murdered. Uh, so the, it's, it's a plot to see what's going on. There's is, is the family responsible? Is you know, there's the daughter and the widow of this man. Is this, is, it, is it their idea to get the life insurance, or are they in danger by someone else trying to get? And they're on this ship. Most of it takes place on a cruise ship. They're going to Hawaii, and uh, I I don't want to spoil the climax of this. <laughs> Boy, it's 
the pacing, everything yeah. is great. Nice. The acting, hard to beat Hugh Laurie for an act, a yes. leading role. You know, wow. uh, instant uh, that he's it's usually Sarah that recognizes these people, but the moment I heard that gravelly voice, you know, mm. I did, oh, okay, Hugh Laurie, that's him, you know. But it was, yeah, we've we've really been uh, enjoying, and we, of course, there are three more to go in this collection. We'll do we'll do a discussion of of that next week of part two of this. Okay. Uh, there's there's so much uh, packed into this collection of audio dramas. And you've given us the content, which all sounds very, uh, you know, diverse all over the place, but all very well done. Um, but because the same company is involved, Mike, I'm curious about the sound and music. Are they all similar throughout? Not really. It doesn't ever seem to repeat. I've listened for like elements and other than the narration style, which is having the screen directions uh, and, and kind of scene material serve as narration. There's, that's the only common thread. All these are totally different. They have different sound design, different music. I've never heard a repeated music piece or anything like that. Uh, different actors. So you've got seven different casts. Uh, you know, it's they're all their own things, but just put in this big collection. So that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I, my, sorry, ahead, I'm just ahead. I'm just curious because I know that this is a very well made production. It's available on Audible. So uh was gonna ask about the um narration as well, the style. Yes, yeah. So basically what you have is it's almost like audio description, but it's the material is taken from the scenes and the notes of the screenplay. So you have screen directions and, you know, scene notes and opening. We start in this hotel in Africa and yada, yeah. right? Like it's that style. And then it cuts, the narration just cuts off. It'll give little details when necessary, but mostly it's the sound, the music, the acting that carries it, right? As much as possible. Yeah. So they use the narration kind of when it, when it's really something that, cannot be conveyed uh, any other way auditorily. Uh, it's nice that it's the notes. That. That's really cool. Yes. Yeah, it's, 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 for it, us. It, it's a different flavor, too. It's not like you get, like, if it was written straight up as an audio drama. Exactly. It, it has a different feel to it. It's technically a translation, but they're trying to keep a lot of that dramatic element of if it was a screenplay. That's what I'm getting, at least. Um, yes. All, all right, Mike, looking forward to next week. We don't have time to preview what it is, but you do have three more in this collection, as you said, so uh, I'm excited yes. about your reviews. And the first one is The Unquenchable Thirst of Dracula, which oh, I think I will enjoy. <laughs> that sounds like a, a fun one. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, Mike. There's your uh, spring drink. Oh, my God. oh yes. well, <laughs> for some of us, maybe. Um, Mike is going to be back next week with the review of the rest of this collection, Unmade Movies, which you can find uh, and purchase on Audible. We'll be back with him next Thursday, same time. After the break, we're talking about an original co proof copy of a Harry Potter book that was sold for a pretty penny. Of course it was. Jeff Ryman is going to tell us more on What in the World on Kelly and Romeo. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.